for many years in sports and in business and in management, researchers, despite their best efforts, have been unable to identify one trait that would differentiate successful leaders or athletes from their peers. That means like there is not like one there's there's not like one thing or one quality or trait or characteristic that you can possess that separates you from your peers. Or at least there isn't one trait that you can identify or quantify or be like yeah like this it's this thing right here that he has but he doesn't and that's why this guy is successful and this guy isn't and that's what and that's I think how the term the it factor came about like oh I mean yeah he's good but he like he just doesn't have it what is it oh he's got it oh this dude he he has it he has it what is it well, no one really knows what it is, and researchers could not, you know, identify it. It's just, it's just this intangible quality that, you know, like like ballers and successful people have in in sports management, da 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 da, whatever. Most successful people they have the it factor. That's I I believe how that uh, term came about. The it factor, like you have it. Some people they don't have it whatever it is they just don't have it it's not like one quality it's like oh um patience perseverance uh it's it's not like that it's just an it factor like you either have it or you don't you can't really acquire it you can't train it you can't develop it um you 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 really might just be born with it. Maybe you can nurture it, but it's it's just something that's just like intangible. It's 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 like not an actual thing. Like you know what I mean? Like how do you hone it or develop it or nurture it? I don't know. Is it possible? I don't know. I mean, I I think no one really can tell you. You either have it or you don't, right? Unfortunately. I don't think Elena Rybakina has it. And it's so sad, and, and really it pains me to say, but I, I think she just doesn't have it. The it factor, she doesn't have it. She's so talented. Like, so skilled. She's tall, strong, powerful, graceful, whatever. She just doesn't have it, unfortunately. Ekaterina Alexandrova. She, she just doesn't have it. It's just, it's sad to see. She's talented. She can hit shots. She's fit. Her court coverage is amazing. But she just doesn't have it, unfortunately. And like, you either got it or you don't, right? I'm, I'm afraid they don't. Some of the players or the people that do have it, I think it's clear. 
Carlitos got it going. He has it going. He has a it factor. Iga Svojtek. I don't know, man. I don't know. Simona Halep. Muguruza. I think they have it. On the women's side, currently, I can't think of many players that you can safely, confidently say that they have it. If you say Iga, I um, I have nothing to tell you. I I can't. You know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I just don't see it personally, and and you don't have to agree with me either. I not sold yet on Iga. I think she's very talented. I mean, look, Rebecca is very talented. She doesn't have it, but like being being successful, um, you know, despite everything Iga has accomplished, I'm not prepared to say that uh, she has it. Some players have it or they don't, and it and it's it's easier to see players that don't have it. You know what I mean? Like you can, you know, when you like. With people's shortcomings, you can kind of tell, like, oh, okay, well, she just doesn't have it, you know? They're just, like, like, and I'm using Rebecca and Ekaterina Alexandrova because of yesterday's uh, matches, or today's matches, uh, whenever you're listening to this. You know, they played really well. They played good opponents. And... You know, generally speaking, in their careers, they just haven't been able to take that extra step. You know what I mean? Especially um, Rebecca. I feel like she's gotten really close. Um, Pre-COVID, she was getting it going a little bit, but... Uh, I'm afraid she doesn't have it. And Alexandrova, like, she hasn't really gotten that close. She's sort of been lingering, like, top 40, top 30... Somewhere around there, she just really can't take that that extra step. Today, she lost to Contivate in three sets. In a, the decider, she lost in a tiebreak. Um, she won the first set six two actually, Alexandrova, um, but couldn't couldn't put Contivate away. Rebecca came from a set down and from a breakdown in the decider. Um, but lost the tiebreak as well. Honestly, she showed good fight, but Alexandrova was playing a much better player. Contivate is way better than Bedosa. And, um, Alexandrova was still, you know, in the driver's seat. And in the tiebreak, like, like, she was, she was up a mini break early. Like, like, she, she was there. It was 5-5. Five, five. Oh, Some people just don't have it, and it's sad to see. If you, if you can't take the extra step, then it's, um, it's like what do you say? It's 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 demoralizing. Cause I'm sure they even realize this. Like, like why do I never win these kind of matches? You know what I mean? Like, why can I never beat this these kind of players? And you know, if you do some like introspection, or or you know, like, um, if you're self-aware. Sometimes negative thoughts will enter your head and be like, like, maybe I just don't have it.
Like, maybe these other girls just, just have this something that I don't. I mean, that's... Like, what else could it be? Like, I can I can hit the fuck out of the ball. I, c I can serve well. I mean, what's up? I, I don't know. Uh, what is it? I don't, I don't have it, right? It's possible. It could be demoralizing. As a fan of those players, for me, it's demoralizing. And I'm not even the one holding the tennis racket. Okay, so, I mean, I, I can't imagine how it is after, you know, such losses when you're so close. Like, like, constantly, you know, doing well, well in tournaments, but just not good enough. Just not taking that extra step. And Bedosa somehow, some way, just keeps uh, winning these kind of matches. And it's because of something, not it. Let's be clear here, Bedosa does not have it. And I, I'm saying that with confidence. Ego, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm not ready to give a, you know, a, like a 100% answer. But Paula Bedosa, I can tell you right now, she does not have it. She doesn't have anything. What she does have, though, is what we're going to talk about uh, on, a, on a later date. Uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe over the weekend. But it's not it that carries her through um, these matches and into like later stages of tournaments. Alright, so that was it for today's lesson, the it factor. Some, some people have it, some people don't. If you have it then the chances of you being successful or succeeding or, or doing well in your sport or your respective career, whatever it is, are, are pretty high. Your chances are pretty high if you have it. Okay? Yesterday's um, key word or key phrase was the occasion. <laughs> Today's uh, word or phrase is if you have it. The it factor. Alright, I'm not going to keep waffling. I'm going to spend our rest of the rest of our time here um, recapping today's matches and previewing uh, what we have tomorrow. Quarterfinals day. Okay, quarterfinal Friday. So today in Istanbul, Istanbul, you know, throughout the week has been a pretty weird tournament because of the weather. Um, a lot of people uh, withdrawing or retiring. I think two days in a row, not today, but like the two previous days, players pulled out of their matches like the morning of, which was really weird. I think, who was it that Tomjanovic was playing yesterday? I don't know, she ended up playing lucky loser like she was a qualifier and lost uh, Jamie Forless. I forget who she was. Alison Van Utvank, that's who she was uh, supposed to play. And Alison Van Utvank... Um, Pulled out the day of. Um, Sasnovich against Kirste in the first round on the first day. Um, well, the match that was scheduled for the first day. Um, you know, the next day, uh, you know, after the, the rain postponement, uh, she pulled out the morning of. Which was really strange. Um, yesterday, Anna Bogdan pulled out uh, against her uh, against Kudermetova, which was an evening match. Um, Tarenko retired against uh, Tomjanovic. Um, weird stuff. Uh, Sara Suribes Tormo is through the quarterfinal on clay. Good win against uh, Vivi Grasheva.
Yulia Putintseva, I think, played her best match and since 2019 today. Or maybe since 2020. Maybe. I'm not sure, though. But that was her best match, at least this year and last year. Like, by far, her best match. 6-2. Six love against Peterson. The first four games of the match, uh, zero holds for both players. It was 2-2. And from 2-2, she won the last 10 games of the match. The next and last 10 games of the match. From 2-2 in the first set to 6-2, six love. Putin I mean, it, it, it is it is Rebecca Peterson, but Putinseva played amazing. Last year, she won a title in Budapest, I believe, on the clay. Um... She likes it. It's good for her. She has um, actually a very good game. She she prefers um, her comfort shots are you know a lot of slices, um, and she's a bit of a pusher. But she can also hit through the court with depth and power, um, and she's really good. Her she's actually really fast as well, even though she has been looking a little chunkier these days. Um, her court movement is excellent. Putinseva, very easy and comfortable win against uh, Petrosin, gets Tomjanovic next, who hasn't really had a, a proper match yet. So her, her first match was against, uh, like I just said, Jamie Forlis, the lucky loser. And today, Tarenko was up 4-2 and then got injured and then lost like five games in a row and then retired. So like, yeah, Tomjanovic was up, but Sorenko was kind of giving her the work early on. I was watching that first match of the day. Um, Tomjanovic was struggling on serve. Putinseva struggled uh, on serve early on. Like I said, she um, there were no holds in the first four games, but after that, she just got it going and looked so, so good. And, and Putinseva is a big time rhythm player. So is Tomjanovic, but Tomjanovic's ceiling, like even if she she has it going a little bit, not that dangerous and still, you know, very error prone. However, the market does, um, I think, is on top of it here and has sort of caught up to how well uh, Putin is playing and the lack of, um, you know, convincing performances or even any sort of performance uh, from Isla. She hasn't really played so. I think this line is right, and I, but I do think Putinseva is playable at minus three and a half. I mean, I think she can... It's kind of hard to lay games, you know, with Putinseva. Putinseva's usually pretty, you know, most of the time, if it's against a, a decent-ish opponent to bet the over. Um, Putinseva can always be competitive if she's an underdog, but as a favorite, it's kind of scary to lay games. However, I do think she, she got this. I think Tomjanovic, um, you know, on clay is lacking the rhythm, hasn't really had the, um, you know, she, she hasn't ha she hasn't been able to, to get it going, see her shots go in, like fight, actually like, like play, like one or two decent matches on clay, she hasn't been able to do that. Uh, Putin Seva um, played a good, very good match start to finish against Peterson and the same against Magdalenette who's been in decent-ish form if we look back at Charleston um, that was her first round opponent so um, and I've, I don't think uh, Tomjanovic is, is, is a challenge and uh, Putinseva did cover minus three and a half against both Lynette and Peterson so um, I think she can definitely get it done against uh, Isla's sexy ass
another player that has really impressed me and has had an impressive week and we have had success uh, betting them this week in Istanbul is Potapova. She came through qualifying. Um, at a WTA 250 coming through qualifying, you don't really expect much of a challenge. Uh, she played a pair of no-names um, in qualifying. I mean, I, uh, wins weren't too convincing, but um, in the first round, uh, she had wildcard 16-year-old uh, uh, Bartunkova, uh, the Czech, the young Czech. A very straightforward win. Yesterday had Petra Martic, uh, who also has been playing pretty well. Beat her 6-2, 6-3, and we were all over that. Um, and Potapova, she gets Sarasuribas Tormo, and there is no respect whatsoever. Potapova is close to plus 200. She's plus three and a half, plus four games, plus four and a half is really juicy, like minus 140, her plus four and a half games. The, they're showing no respect here, and you know, okay, Sara Suriba Stormo, like a more experienced player, uh, is she even a clay court specialist? I mean, I guess, but like, it, it doesn't really improve her game in any way, I think, the way Sara Suriba Stormo plays. Um, I feel like she has just as much success on hard court as she does clay court and you know like like vice versa you know she struggles just as much on the clay as she does on hard court obviously depending on the matchup who she's playing right um i think potapova has it going um i don't know what it is about istanbul but last year when she played here um she lost to kirstea who was the eventual champion um but i remember like from watching her games this year like her her past two or three matches and watching her play last year also in Istanbul um, she seems to play really well um, and she's a capable player and I, I think she'll be up for this I, I really do um, the value here is unbelievable I think um, if anything this should be a 50-50 and Potapova's like plus 190 or plus 200 on the money line I think I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of value and it's certainly a lot of games like plus three and a half is a steal for a game that that literally could go either way you know for the other two quarterfinals tomorrow um none of them played yesterday they played uh the previous day um julia grabher who quietly has been having herself a hell of hell of a week also came through qualifying uh beat rachimova beat jill teichman uh, and i mean those those are two like pretty good players uh beat jill teichman uh in, in the main draw, uh, very comfortably beat Rachimov in the first uh, round of qualifying in straight sets as well. I mean, that that's, I think, very impressive stuff. However, she does play Sori Kirstea, uh, the defending champion, who has also looked pretty good, um, but hasn't really had uh, a test yet, Sori Kirstea. Drops a set to Arangsta uh, Rus, which is uh, not very good. I, I don't believe uh, Yulia Graber has dropped... Uh, set. No, she hasn't. Grabber has not uh, dropped the set. She's played four matches in Istanbul, two, two in the main draw, uh, round rounds one, round two, and two in qualifying, and she hasn't dropped the set. However, the spread is five and a half. Uh, Sorry, Kirste is a pretty big favorite. Um, I don't know about this one. I think it's a bit tricky. I don't see Sori Kirstea losing this. Um, but I, I... 
you know, minus minus five and a half, it, that would be the play if I I had to pick between uh, you know, both spreads or the total. But uh, I'm I'm not very keen on that. Um, I don't see her losing this though. Uh, sorry, Kirstea. I think um. I mean, I don't like her to win. I, st I mean, I still see Kudermetova here. I see Putinseva. I see Potapova. Like, um, but this one here against Grabber, I think she should take care of this. But moving forward, I don't think um, she should be respected by this much. But here, um, she'll get it done. I think 2-0 uh, is too expensive and all honestly also kind of scary. Um, but minus 5.5 seems like a lot. Um, maybe could do something with her money line, but it, uh, it's a lot, I think. This is a bit of an ugly one. Um, if I were to pass on one game, it would definitely be this one. Now, the fourth and final quarterfinal um, in Istanbul, uh, Anna Bondar, who also, very low-key, very quietly, no one will ever talk about her, is having herself a hell of a week. Uh, do you just can do you know how hard her draw was so she she didn't um she didn't have to uh, qualify she didn't have to play qualities but in the first round she played Teresa Martinsova beat her 6475 and the second round she played Nuria Paredes Diaz and beat her 6462 like look the thing with tennis like nobody will ever 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 talk about these players except for me probably like, Anna Bondar, like, no one will tell you how good she is on clay. You'll be like, who the fuck is this chick? Where did she come from? Last year, she killed it on clay. WTA 250s as well, just like this one. 125Ks, challenger uh, uh, on the WTA, and the shit ton of ITFs. She's a very, very good clay court player. She gets Kudrymetova tomorrow. Who hasn't, hasn't played a match in, like, three days now, it feels like. But Bondar, I think, in two days she hasn't played. Kudermetova, maybe two days as well. Maybe three. Yeah, Kudermetova really hasn't played in, like, three days. She only played one match in the first round. Beat uh, Milnikova, 6-2, 6-love. Yesterday, Bogdan, her second round match, um, was a walkover. Yet Kudermetova is plus four, minus four and a half games, sorry, against Anna Bondar. Do you not think like that's a lot? I think that's a lot. And I think that over is very low. Over 20 and a half, that is such a gimme. That's such a steal, I think. And I'd look to play some on Bondar plus four and a half for Bondar to win a set. Maybe plus four and a half. I don't know about the set. But plus four and a half and over 20 and a half, absolutely cannot go wrong with that. Bondar is really good, really capable on play, uh, on clay, sorry, and the, the beauty of it is, is that no one's talking about her, the market hasn't caught up, the public is sort of unaware of her, and, and she really has game, like, she's, she's, she's a good clay court player, she, she can keep up with some of these players here. So really quick again, Putinseva minus three and a half, I think looks good. Potapova money line to win a set plus three and a half plus four plus four and a half whatever all of that looks really good sorry Kirstea it's I think um, minus five and a half or pass or put her money line somewhere or pass 
Um, Anna Bondar Kudermetova, if I had to if I had to pick one, it's definitely the over. Twenty and a half for a minus one ten only. I think that is a steal. Now the good news and bad news, we go to Stuttgart, okay? And the good news and bad news is that here in Stuttgart, Jabor and Bedosa playing each other in the quarterfinal. Good news is, is that one of them is going to go home and we're not going to have to see them again. And that's a guarantee. The bad news is, is that one of them is going to progress and we're, we unfortunately have to see them at least one more time. That's the bad news. And I think the bad news honestly outweighs the good news because I really wish they could both just go home. Like, I, Unstra born Paula Bedosa is a pass for me. The other match in Stuttgart is Kontaveit and Sabalenka, which is a, a banger. I guess they're all bangers. A lot of people are going to think uh, Unstjabur and uh, Paula Bedosa is a banger. I mean, sure it is, um, but not, not that kind of uh, banger. But anyway, um, I mean, two top ten players, cool. Uh, Kontaveit, Sabalenka, I believe that's also two top ten players. Uh, which is also cool, but I think it's clear which one is the better matchup, and and from those four players, uh, who the r real good players are in my eyes, uh, and it's just unfortunate that Jabour and Bedosa just get constantly just get just such easy draws, and and you know it's just so easy for like I don't understand, I really don't understand, like Sabalenka, I mean Andriscu, and then Contivate, like what is this? You know, meanwhile, Sigmund and Samsonova is is also another quarterfinal. Like, it honestly is brutal sometimes how the shit players, ha their luck just never runs out with the draws that they get. I, I don't know, man. But anyway, like we said, um, this makes my job a lot easier. Um, you know, on quarterfinals day, just having one less match to worry about, which is the Jabur Bedosa one. I'm, like, I'm not even gonna, I'm, it's not that I won't look at it, I won't even, like, think about it. You know, like, it's not even there, okay? Now, Contivate and Sabalenka, we did speak about Contivate a little bit, her, uh, her match today, or yesterday, against Alexandrova. Uh, honestly, good stuff from Contivate. I'm not gonna say Alexandrova choked, uh, Contivate really stepped it up in the second set, um, played a decent tiebreak, Alexandrova helped a little. But Contivate was pretty solid. Her win streak, I think, indoors is like up to like 21 or 22. Um, I mean, all of those except for like her her two wins here against Kerber and Alexandrova were on hard court. This is indoor clay. Um, but clearly, she uh, she loves it indoors. But I, I I think that narrative is a bit oversold at this point. Um, Let's talk about Sabalenka a little bit. Sabalenka's last year's finalist in Stuttgart lost in three sets to Ash Barty. Don't forget, La this time last year, Arena Sabalenka was probably the best player in the world. Even though she did lose to Ash Barty, um, Ash Barty, like, as she, you know, as she, ha how do I say it? Ash Barty, even last year, she she didn't really play that much. Like, same as this year, and then she retired. Um, so, even though... And she and she didn't win the Australian, so, like, uh, last year. So, like, you know, like, yeah, she was world number one, but, like, Sabalenka really was that girl. Um, this time, last year, at least. This time. 
you know? Um, yeah, lost to um, Barty in the final. She loved playing here. She looked so good. Even though last year she played like players like, like Zhang Shuai um, and Anna Lee Fritzum, you know, like German wildcard, but uh, beat Simona Halep, I believe, um, lost in the final to uh, Ash Barty in three sets. She played uh, doubles with Bedosa this week. Honestly, uh, pretty good. They w they both uh, withdrew, or I guess one of them withdrew. But I mean, they as a team withdrew from doubles. I guess it's because Bedosa uh, played a really long match or something. It was supposed to be played yesterday evening after uh, both of their matches. I guess Sabalenka also played a long one against Andriscu. Um, so they withdrew from doubles. But I guess it was nice for them to at least get some time on the you know, on the indoor court in Stuttgart um, to sort of prepare them for the business end of the week, which is where we are now, and Bedosa and Sabalenka are both, you know, playing in the quarterfinals and singles tomorrow. Okay. Um, Sabalenka against Andrisko, you know, good stuff. I mean, Andrisko, I mean, yeah, she hasn't played in however long, but I mean, she's still capable. Her, her serve looked good. Um, the, the ground strokes and, and the movement like that, maybe not so good, right? Rustiness, but Sabalenka double faults were still high. The fight was there. The thing with Sabalenka, like even when it looks like she's tanking, like she really hates to lose. Like she really does want to win. Like she really does fight. Um, and even though like her shot selection and, <laughs> and her decision making uh, in matches, like whether she's winning or losing, does you know sometimes you look at her and be like yo, like she really is tanking. Like what the fuck is this? Um, Sometimes the body language gets bad, but she she really does fight, and she is good, man. She's scary. Like if she if she gets in rhythm, gets in in a good frame of mind, gets in the zone, locks the fuck in, she's scary, man. Like we all know who she is. Let let's not like you know, um, like all of these girls, like she'd shit on them, like absolutely shit on them. Like Barty's not here anymore. That was like her biggest problem last year. Her two biggest foes in the past few years, Barty and Muguruza. Magarutha's like in the worst form of her life, and Barty's gone. So I swear if Sabalenka gets it going, it's over. Schweitzik, including you. I know she beat her in Doha, but <clears throat> I guess that was that was like Ego was peaking at the time, and Sabalenka quite the opposite. But anyway. Contivate, that includes you. Sabalenka honestly owns Contivate. I uh, had the privilege of, not this, not this year, but last year's Dubai tournament, I had the privilege of watching Sabalenka play her there, and she absolute, absolutely took a shit on her. 6-3, 6-2, I think, last year in Dubai. I was there, bro, during COVID, like, like the peak of COVID, in the nosebleeds with a mask on, cheering my tits off for Sabalenka. She killed her. Their head-to-head -head record, 4-0. Last year in Stuttgart, after Dubai, actually by a month, Sabalenka did beat Contivate in three sets. 7-6-4-6-6-1. Look guys, Sabalenka's gonna win this match. It's, it's so simple. It's so, so simple. Now whether it goes 2-0, -oh, 
whether it goes over or under 20 and a half or 21 and a half. I don't have any totals, but I see that it's a pick'em. Maybe uh, Sabalenka is a slight underdog, minus 105, plus 100, something like that. Um, I'm seeing minus 110 some places, and some places I'm seeing uh, plus 100. So yeah, short underdog, or a pick'em, whatever. That is so bettable for Sabalenko. Like Sabalenka minus three and a half, minus four and a half. You have to think about it sometimes if she's if she's a favorite like that. But if they're giving you like like pick'em odds, you pick her. Contivate yesterday if um. Alexandrova wasn't Alexandrova and, and just was a serial sort of choker and underachiever in big moments. She really could have lost that game. Contivate did not look very good. Um, even when she peaked during the match and played her best. I mean, like, look, overall she played good, not great. But in portions of the match, Contivate did play great. But even then, Alexandrova was right there with her. You know, like, she had answers. She pushed her. They both honestly pushed each other. And... Sabalenka is no Alexandrova, you know what I mean? And Alexandrova is no Sabalenka. Like, uh, if... Like, Contivate really does need to play great. Cons like, for the entire match, to have a chance against Sabalenka. She's 0-4 she's against Sabalenka. Sabalenka owns her. Beat her last year, same tournament. You know, same surface, same court, whatever. Everything. Beat her twice last year. They haven't played this year. Yo, Sabalenka's gonna win. It's so simple. Like, this is such a public, uh, public influence line. Narrative driven. It's clear. Contivate, you know, with her, you know, her huge name tax. Because it's Contivate, all of this indoor streak, win streak that she has going. And the whole Sabalenka narrative that she can't play tennis anymore. She sucks. She can't serve. All that stuff. I mean, some of it's true, but not like this. Not odds like this. You know what I mean? If look, if Sabalenka was minus three and a half, I'd bet Contivate. Just like the Andriescu match, if if Sabalenka and Andriescu was a pick'em, a hundred percent I'd bet Sabalenka. But at plus three and a half, plus two hundred for a player, yeah, you can sometimes think to not bet Sabalenka. And 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 you know, in 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 such matches against such opponents at such prices, yeah. But at a pick'em like this, or even getting Sabalenka as a slight dog, that's a no-brainer for me, honestly. The other two, um, the other two semi, uh, sorry, quarterfinals that we have in Stuttgart, uh, Laura Siegmund, who's waving the German flag high and proud, um, Kerber couldn't do it in Stuttgart, um, Julie Nemo couldn't do it. Uh, Eva Lise couldn't do it. Uh, Nastasia Schunk couldn't do it. But Laura Siegmund is doing it. She's doing the damn thing. Good wins thus far. Um, it's always a good sign when you bet a player and they keep winning. Um, we did it with Eva Lise until she got shot on by uh, Schwoitek. Uh, we've done it by uh, we've done it for Laura Siegmund. Um, she's still here. Um, Anna Bondar in Istanbul. We've been doing it. Um, Potapova, we've been doing it all week. These are all good signs. It's always good as a better, like when you bet on a player and they keep winning, and especially if you start from early rounds, that's a good thing. That should fill you with hope and confidence that you're identifying, 
opportunities early and sticking with that player and they do in fact keep winning and progressing in the tournament. Laura Siegman is one of them. Now her opponent, Ludmila Samsonova, faded her in the first round, sort of, took an over against Chloe Paquet, and then I immediately saw what's up with Samsonova, she was on fire. Took her yesterday against Pliskova, good win for Samsonova. 6-4, 6-4 I think. Now I think this is a very sharp line, it's actually um, one of the better lines uh, that they've made, similar to the Putinseva one. Like, uh, lines-wise, it's actually exactly the same, but I also think that it's um, similar, that it's sharp also. Uh, Samsonova is minus 3.5, Sigmund is plus 3.5. Plus I think it's hard to say like there's a clear, like, clear value on either side. Um, and it's very hard to gauge if, if Siegmund can sort of keep this up. Siegmund, by the way, uh, six four three one up on Sakari. Sakari retired. I would like to play an over. I would like to take Siegmund, but I, I think Samsonova really has it going. Um, I'll have to th maybe sleep on this or think about it a little bit more. Um, but whatever I do play here, it will be, I guess, lower confidence than the rest. Um, so probably one or two units max, and, and nothing crazy, for sure. Now the last quarterfinal. Igor Wojtek versus Emma Raducanu. Honestly, this is an exciting match. If you're uh, just a tennis fan, you know what I mean? Um, well, I mean, obviously it's an exciting match if you're a tennis fan, because if you look at, like, if you go on tennis Twitter, if you look at the WTA page, and look at all those, like, Iga stands and the, and the Raducanu fan pages, and the Polish Iga fans, like a, like, a lot of those people are really weird. Actually, like, super weird. Like, they're all weirdos, honestly. But anyway, like, they love this shit. They love these kind of matches. By the way, one more thing. Alexandrova and Contivate. No one is gonna tell you that that was the best match so far in Stuttgart. No one is gonna tell you that. Like, you're not gonna hear that anywhere. Even though it's so true. Ekaterina Alexandrova and Annette Contivate really was the best match in Stuttgart. And you're never gonna hear about it. No one's talking about it. But this one, it's gonna get all the coverage in the world, which makes it less nice. Like, like, you know, the, like, if it wasn't for that, this would be an amazing match. And I'd enjoy the fuck out of it. But it's like people like that that ruin it. You know what I mean? Like, you know when something's like overhyped and it's like, it, it's so like mainstream that it becomes like you like it less because of, you know what I mean? I, like, I'm the kind of person that likes maybe, um sort of like low-key things or under the radar things like if, if there's like a food place or a song this is a good example if there's a song that's so overplayed and overhyped like how the fuck's that gonna be my favorite song like like everyone's ruining it you know same thing here unfortunately like i i it's a good match but i don't think it's bettable at all Memo Raducano is really plus six and a half games. And she's plus 235 to win a set. That is unbelievable. 
they are they're plus 250 to win a set they are showing so much respect to ego so so much respect to ego and at the same time they're so showing tremendous disrespect towards emirado kano now you gotta ask yourself two questions does ego Svojtek deserve this respect yes or no i'm not gonna answer them I'm, like you you ask yourself these questions and you answer them like like do your own sort of thought process and 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 you know make your own decisions and then you can reach a conclusion about this match i'm not gonna say anything okay so yeah two questions the first one does iga Svojtek deserve this respect that's the first question does she deserve this much respect the second question is does emma raducanu deserve this much disrespect does she deserve to be disrespected like this ask yourself those two questions answer them and with those answers have a conversation with yourself and you can reach whatever conclusion you reach okay um i have answered those questions for myself to myself and i'm gonna make my own decisions but uh but here i'm not gonna say anything okay so you know you can conduct the same exercise and maybe you reach the same conclusion as me or, or a different conclusion i'm not i'm not gonna say anything okay <clears throat> This has been The Safe Space. Thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate the kind words and the feedback. Thank you so much. I hope everyone is well. Good luck to us. And by the way... I didn't watch a single point of it, but I think Novak Djokovic won yesterday. And covered the minus two and a half. I'm just saying... I'm not one to say I told you so, but I told you so.